everybody. How you doing? This is uh, your old pal Ben Raskin and sports fans. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Trib Sports Radio. Sorry about last week. We uh, took a last-minute hiatus before we're going to jump into the football season and uh, all the fall sports going on at the high school level. Today we're joined with old pal of the show, Kevin Winter-Morris. How you doing, Benny? And uh, Tribune beat writer, Aaron Falk. How you doing, Aaron? Good. How are you, man? Good, man. So uh, football season's ahead of us. Uh, we just had the first round. It's now. It's now. It's now. I was, I was saying it's like high school just started um, last We're week. We're in it. We're in it. You got to be in it to win it. And uh, obviously the first uh, five divisions of football in Utah is better better than anything in the NFL with only six. Well, six. We there got, are six now, Benny. Well, it's five. Wait, wait, no, they one added a, the six. No, 1A, 2A, 2AA, 3A, 4A, 5A. Yeah, that's six. Okay. Yeah, I'm not good at numbers. Right. So... <laughs> There, the six state champions will be crowned in November. Yeah. We're going to have, and uh, we'll be covering a lot of that, but we're going to start uh, talking about Utah football first and just about uh, their upcoming game on Thursday against Idaho State. Kevin, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, it's going to be a cakewalk for the Utes? Or? Yeah, I think you could say that. Yeah. I, you, here, here's my thing about this. Utah has, has their schedule has been ranked one of the toughest in the schedule or in the country by different people. But, you know, a game like this, it just doesn't make sense to me. It really Why doesn't. Because essentially, it's a, it isn't essentially, it is. It's a win. It's an easy win. What are you trying to prove? It's like back in high school when you go and you play like a Papa Warner fourth grade team and you're like, ha ha, beat you. I, I just, I don't, I don't see the value in it. Um, if you're very competitive, um, if you are a Division One athlete at the highest level, I would want to play the absolute best competition that I always could. And to play a team like Idaho State, which, yes, it, it's a quality team in its own right, but it, it's not going to challenge Utah. What, what are you – as – Utah, what are you gaining from that it's a, experience? It's a tune-up. Is it also some Isn't that what scrimmage is for? No, it's, diff- it's different. You know, these guys can go against each other all they want. They've got to they've got to play against someone else. And it, Idaho State needs to play a better team. You know, just looking. I mean, I know our fan base here is in Utah, but I mean, uh, well, Idaho State needs to get paid. Yeah. That's <laughs> what it comes down to. It, yeah. It's a money game. It really is. It's a chance to infuse money into your athletic program by going to a top-tier program and getting your Heine handed to you. But, I mean, it's, it seems like it's a, it's a win-win for both teams here. Utah's going to get a good uh, home turnout. They're going to have uh, put big points up there. It's going to uh, kind of satisfy the fan base. And on top of that, Idaho State's getting paid, and so it's going to help uh, promote their program and then you know maybe give them an opportunity in years to come to be a little more how Utah State is going to be when they go to Tennessee on Saturday. Well, I mean, you look at something uh, – it's. Uh, Utah State is going to Tennessee on Sunday. Sunday. Um, the the problem that, that I have here is really Utah can't win. Um, How do you yeah, mean? Uh, okay. What's, what's <laughs> well, a, they have more points if, at the end they, of the game. Well, if they beat Utah – or if they beat Idaho State 70-7, to 7, that's expected. Mm-hmm. Okay? All that you can do is not live up to expectations or – in the rare case, Michigan, Appalachian State. Right. That happens, and you get upset. Well, your season's done. I mean, it, it's so what, what is, what's Utah gaining from this? 
you know, Aaron, you said it's a tune-up. Well, uh, you should be tuned up by now. Let's let's go. Strap on the helmets. Let's Just go. It's disagree. go time. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to buy into strictly, kind of. I guess Pac-12 hype or or you know like this is the Utes have made it since they're in the Pac-12 type of a thing. Obviously, they have not. But that schedule is so difficult every week. It's not maybe not the SEC, but even the SEC, even Alabama and 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 Florida, you'll you'll turn on week five and they're playing McNeese State or, or yes. something. You know what I mean? And, and it happens for everyone. I have no problem whatsoever opening this. It's you get your fan base is is foaming at the mouth to see a game. They're, they they want to see a win. They're going to go out and see a win. Everyone's going to tailgate. It's going to be fine. It's just pageantry. Idaho State makes a little bit of money. Uh, it's good. I, to me, it bothers me not. What would you do instead then, Kevin? Have them play? Well, well I, at a conference team, would you have them play then? Well, I, you know, I'd I mean, like. How big of a competition do they need to do? And I mean, like you said, it's a lose lose opportunity for them where they can only. They, they have to whoop them 100 to nothing. Or, right. worst case scenario, they get, they get their butts kicked in on this one. Where, where would, what would you have scheduled differently? Well, I, I like In what, team scrimmage? I, no, I'm, I'm actually a big fan of uh, Utah State going to Tennessee. I like that a lot. At, and hey, Tennessee's down a little bit, and Utah State. If Chucky is Chucky, <laughs> I mean, hey, I, I like I like Utah State there a lot. That's a test for Tennessee. That's not an easy give me by any means. I mean, Utah State is a quality football program. They showed it last year. You know, they they go to a bowl game and um, and with a backup quarterback after their Heisman hopeful gets hurt. Yeah, that's a real test for Tennessee. Take. Take that example. You know, BYU going to UConn, um, you know, that, that, that's a decent test. UConn is, has had a couple of decent seasons recently. You know, test yourself a little bit. Don't don't go taking the easy win. I, I just yeah, – Well, I, like, I, yeah, I think – I don't – I have – I'm Googling this right now furiously, and I, I can't figure it out when when this game was actually announced. But I'm, I'm guessing this was announced – when Utah State was certainly more down than it was, and Tennessee was more up than it was, I'm going to guess that Utah State's getting a little bit of money for going this to go into this game. Same with that uh, Auburn game a, a few years back, right. um, you know, the very near upset. Th- those types of games, because that's how Utah State got by for so long. I mean, they would go out to Oklahoma, get destroyed. Yeah. Um, it, you know, they they had a couple of close. Then they started having those close games. That A and M game uh, a few years back with with uh, Burrell at quarterback, and now um, then that Auburn game, obviously. And and now all of a sudden they're in a position where hey, maybe you know we almost expect them to pull off a win. It's it's just a it's a different thing. It's just it's a timing thing. These schedules happen far enough in advance that it does. And and I, before I came to the Tribune, I worked at a paper in Missouri and in the same town as a, um, well, what used to be one double A, it's now the football championship um, subdivision. And there was a, a team there, and each year they would go and they'd play one of these uh, FBS teams, mm-hmm. and they'd they'd take their check, and that check really helped the athletic department. I understand that part of it from the, the team that's going and getting beat up. Mm-hmm. I understand that part the of it. The tomato cans. I, I mean, and, and basically the, the coach would always say, well, we just hope no one gets hurt. And that you know you, you hope you hope that maybe you can be the that school that pulls that upset, but it it happens so rarely and it it just kind of seems like a, a little unnecessary. 
Yeah, but it seems like, you know, uh, just watching with the uh, NFL getting ready with their uh, preseason games and stuff like that, and guys are getting hurt left, right, and center. With, what happened with Paul George, you know, with the uh, uh, trying out for the FIBA team? Um, it's like you can get hurt at any given time. You know, you get you can. practice, you get hurt on the court, hurt on the field and stuff like that. You're much more likely to get hurt going up against bigger, faster, more dominant <laughs> yes. football players repeatedly over the course of an entire oh, game. 60 minutes of games and stuff like that. I like this idea, you know, uh, my alma mater in Nevada is having Southern Utah University. And, uh, you know, for that, it's like Nevada, kind of like what you're saying, it's like there's no, the only upside to this is that it hopefully puts them on the right path to uh, march forward with a, a big win, you know. So what would you, let me ask you this question. So like, with a game like this on Saturday with Idaho State and uh, Idaho State with Utah, as well as Utah State and with Tennessee, is could there be a tipping point with the national coverage that comes on this where people would be looking more towards Utah State for recruiting here in Utah? Okay. Well, first of all, Benny, you are messing people up big time with your, your days. Utah, Idaho Thursday. State is Thursday. Thursday. BYU, UConn is Friday. They're tuning into this podcast to get TV programming notes. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair they're enough. probably if, – if they're at the nine-minute mark and still listening after all these uh, inaccurate things I've said. Right. Hey, he, so, Okay. Aaron, you said it's pageantry. There is a definitely a level that you get, you know, the must will be there and they'll be yelling and it's, some, you know, a freshman's first experience as part of it and that's great. Um, Travis Wilson will throw some passes. He'll complete some. The offense most likely is going to look tremendous. Um, they're going to be able to move the ball. Drez Anderson's going to make a couple nice catches. Mm -hmm. that, that's all great. And it, it, sure, it, it, it builds your self-confidence a little bit. But is it is it almost a false confidence because you've done it against a lower level opponent, and so then when you go and you face a higher level opponent and you can't move the ball like that, are you like, uh, oopsie doopsies? No, let's 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 just put it let's just put an end on this one. But it's it's to me that's. If they're playing a good team and they can't move the ball in week one, then you know it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to move the ball in week two. It's it it, it doesn't equate to me for me. Okay, and hey, and, and I, I give Utah plenty of credit. Their schedule gets plenty tough. They go Fres after Idaho State. They host Fresno, Fresno State. State. They're at Michigan. Yeah. they're hosting Washington State at UCLA at Oregon State USC. I mean, it it gets yeah. tough fast. It does. And with that said, you know what? Go for it, Utah. Take them. Take, you know, kick, get the, kick the <laughs> snot out of Idaho State and then get kick ready those Bengals. For the real time. Falk, uh, with the uh, Gordon Hayward uh, being cut from the uh, national squad that's going to be competing in uh, the World Cup this year, uh, give us some uh, Utah Jazz notes about uh, what we're looking forward to in the next month or so. Vacation. Vacation. Um, <laughs> no, it. it I mean, Hayward was one of the last was the last among the last four cut. So all, basically, all the Utah ties go from that team: mm -hmm. Kyle Korver, Damian Lillard, Gordon Hayward, mm -hmm. and then uh, Chandler Parsons was was also cut. I mean, it would have been I think Jazz fans would have loved to see Hayward and, and probably you know two of those other guys out there in, in Spain and, and competing. But at the same time, if if this guy's going to be your uh, sixty-three your, your, million, yeah, your your stud, you know, maybe it's nice to get him out of that you know rigorous training camp and and uh give them a, a little bit of a break before camp starts um this september the jazz have been uh reasonably active um 
they've they've already announced a couple of guys who they're going to bring in for training camp. They've they've signed these guys to deals to multi year deals um, with really minimum minimal guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. Uh, Debossed a point guard, uh, former Mississippi State uh, guy who tore up the D League last year in Boise. Um, Jack Cooley who went to Notre Dame. Uh, Apparently had some guaranteed NBA money to to, I guess kind of like what he has now, mm-hmm. but decided to play for a more lucrative deal in Turkey last year. It's kind of improved his jump shot. I mean, what what they're doing is obviously these guys have a chance to make to make the roster. I mean, if anybody comes in and and uh, is spectacular beyond belief, obviously they they have a chance. Most likely these guys are going to Boise uh-huh. because they have the Jazz and uh, the Idaho Stampede have this new affiliation. The Jazz are. Um, in charge of all of the basketball operations in Boise, so it's it's much more uh, true minor league. It's like akin to the uh, AAA baseball with the yeah, bees sort of with with, with, with with obviously some differences. But um, what would be some of those differences? Well, there are guys that aren't that the Jazz won't have the rights to. So there will be guys on on those teams that are just playing for jobs elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, however, with the guys that do have, they do have the rights to. Bost if, if he's back there, uh, you know maybe they send like, like they sent Ian Clark and Rudy Gobert to the D League last year. You know type, if they send right. those guys down, obviously um, different things like that. But what they're going to do is, I mean, they've hired a coach, a former Rockets assistant named Dean Cooper, um, and he, you know, j- just talking with him and, and with Dennis Lindsay, their plan is to run exactly the Jazz offense. I mean, Dean Cooper and his staff are going to be here, um, you know, through the the fall training camp, that type of a thing learning all of the same terminology, basically the same playbook. I mean, obviously I'll have some room to tweak because skill sets and, and the personnel will be different. But And they'll also have the control over, like like last year when they did send Gobert and, and Ian Clark to um, Bakersfield, they don't have control over whether they play. They don't have control over how they're used when they play or, or if there's something specific that they need to see from those guys. Whereas now rookie or whoever gets a d-league assignment they're going to be you know worked with uh, in in exactly the way that the jazz want to see you know what type of player development they want to see um they have to fill out that that roster somehow with with some other guys probably and and uh they're going to have open gym in september you're going to see probably a lot more free agents coming through next month guys that are fringe guys that are trying Mm -hmm. to you know, get in the D league. How does the open sh- gym work? Is it? Um, they, I mean, they, they, they send out feelers to players to come out here and just try out for the team. Like for yeah, for I mean, they talk with agents and, mm-hmm. and they've they've done these mini camps before. I mean, in June they brought in twenty free agents. Uh, D boss was one of them. You know, and they they do whatever they do in in this two or th- you know a couple of day mini camp, and then you know they're they're always evaluating these guys. They always if they, if they like a guy, they're watching him through the D league, through mm-hmm. whatever Europe, wherever he ends up. Um, and so they'll they'll bring in a handful of guys next month to uh, see if, you know if, if they how to fill out their their fall camp roster. We haven't talked about this on the podcast, but San Antonio Spurs hired the uh, NBA uh, WNBA star Becky Hammond to be mm-hmm. one of their assistant coaches. So as uh, obviously it's the first time it's ever happened in the NBA for uh, a woman to be uh, involved at such a level and stuff like that. I might I'm not going to put you on the. Uh, uh, put you uh, right directly towards you, like are the Jazz going to follow suit in this but have you heard any uh, reactions besides the normal uh, accolades for Pop and the San Antonio staff? Uh, not, not, I haven't reacted, you know, I haven't talked to the Jazz uh, mm-hmm. about this. I mean, it's it's obviously a, a 
a breakthrough, and the Spurs have sh- have shown a willingness to be um, progressive in in that way. I mean, they've you know, or we, we haven't seen a, necessarily a European coach, but they've they've hired a, a Tori Messina, who mm-hmm. you know, who's been around in, in L.A. before, but also is just a legend in Europe. Um, now Becky Hammond. Uh, it's 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 a nice breakthrough. I mean, I, I think it, it you know it's, it's the same with anything else. You hope in 10, 15, 20 years you don't have to really even cover it. Note that that it's it, it's a deal, but it's a gender uh, identity. Or, yeah, or anything. exactly. It's just, but just it's but it's obviously ability. you know there ha- there has to be a first and and congratulations to the Spurs because I, I think that's that's phenomenal. Obviously, she's a if she knows the game and she obviously does. Um, hell. There's absolutely no reason why. Yeah. You know, it's 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 silly to really have this discussion at this point. Uh, that we have we have to have these discussions at this point, but you know. Easy problem. When we talk about like uh, players having guaranteed money overseas and stuff like that, I mean, is that such a big concern that places like Turkey and China can outpay the you know outpay marginal players? And I'm not implying these guys are bad, but. Uh, that they, people can chase money overseas as opposed to wanting to play here in the United States. I don't. I don't think it's much of a concern, just because eventually the lure of, of making NBA really big cash. money, NBA money, and and just the uh, prestige that that comes along with it. You know, it's you could. I mean, there are guys that can make a really nice life for themselves in in Europe. Um, you know, but the allure of, of the NBA is pretty big. I mean, if you grew up playing basketball, you grew up. Following, the, following that the generation that yeah. you came up watching yeah. and stuff like that. So, I, I, I mean, to me, Europe is um, going to be more intriguing, possibly, uh, in terms of competing with college basketball. It's David or David Stern. Uh, Adam Silver wants yeah. to raise the age limit um, for kids that can come into the draft. Right now, you can be, you can play one year of college basketball. And then declare for the NBA draft. Yeah. They're, they're trying to get that up, I think, to 20 years old. So it'd probably be two years. Um, what would be interesting to me is to see if if that uh, money in Europe can entice guys that don't really want to go to school, that aren't that are there basically to further their basketball careers, making a jump from high school, skipping over you know what we what we see as traditional college basketball power, yeah. and and making decent money in Europe, and then. Um, Hopefully, getting picked up by the NBA. Yeah, and then and then declaring Turkey, for the draft. You know? Yeah, which which we we've seen before. Uh, Brandon Jennings did that when you know he he skipped out on college, played for a year in, in I believe Greece, and and came back. You know, Jeremy Tyler tried to do it in, in Israel, um, but it's that I think that will be more interesting than. Do you think that would dilute the college uh, college uh, basketball? game you know having players uh electing not to go to potentially i mean you know i I think college basketball the one great thing about college basketball is where is that is that not one great thing but one great thing is um the tournament and you know rooting for underdogs and guys that you know probably wouldn't take that overseas route type of a thing uh however you also watch because there are big names. I mean, everyone watched Jabari Parker last year, yeah. Andrew Wiggins, and 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 if it was, if the age limit was to the point where, you know, there are guys that that didn't want to go that route, which it sounded like, you know, Parker who had a tough time making his decision, loved college, and you know, there there are guys that will still choose college, obviously, um, but it's 
really enticing, I think, to make. If you can make a million dollars right out of high school in your two years of apprenticeship <laughs> before you, you know, make the leap, that's, that's hard for a lot of guys to, get to turn put it down. Place yeah. And, and whilst what an eighteen year old wouldn't want a million dollars in the bank, you know, yeah, right it's, out of the you, know, you know, there are worse things. Yeah, with. Um, you know, in, t- in terms of raising that age and stuff like that, that would have put the Jazz in a bad position with Dante Exum. You know, like he wouldn't have been eligible at least till next year, then, right? Yeah, he, I mean, he, would been stuck, he would have been stuck down in Australia for another year, and you know. yeah, but then the Jazz could have just been bad again, and, and maybe they would have had a shot. Yeah. <laughs> with uh, the Wiggins deals already gone through and stuff, uh, is Cleveland now the clear-cut uh, advantage in the East? In the NBA, probably. Yeah. I mean, Spurs. You can never discount the Spurs ever. I, I I did that last year, thinking after I I thought Miami really was going to be able to turn it on in in the finals. I thought they were kind of coasting through, but you can't count out San Antonio ever. But to have Kevin Love with LeBron, I mean Kyrie, yeah, it's and it doesn't matter who the other two are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and he's bringing in some uh, oh, yeah. bench the bench that. He, he really didn't have, I guess, last year in Miami, bringing yeah. back, uh, you know, reuniting with Mike Miller, um, Sean Marion, mm-hmm. who, you know, is not the Sean Marion we all knew, but it's still, a, you know, a decent player. Um, that's an incredible, incredible team. I mean, I, I don't yeah. care. I don't care that Kevin Love has never made the playoffs. Um, that means nothing to me right now. He's been on bad teams. He's put up awesome numbers, and he, he flat out can play. So yeah. I was. Maybe Andrew Wiggins becomes and just the best player in the game in five years, ten years. I don't know, but they have the like be- they have the best player in the game right now. Yeah. It's LeBron James, and they, they I think they absolutely did the right thing by yeah. making that trade. You have to go for it yeah. when LeBron signs with you. You go for it. Yeah. I mean, it's as a lifelong Cubs fan, I can say, if you have that chance to win a title, go for it. Yeah, and if. Cleveland wins the NBA title. Hey, that's going to be one good party. Yeah, and then and then mission accomplished. Yeah, I mean you know and going great, another long, sixty long-term years long-term success one. is is yeah. fantastic. Well, they yes. need to become the Boston Red Sox. You know, in the sense like it's not even an issue. You don't talk about curses anymore. Right. You yeah. Know? And yeah. It's almost beyond historical on that. They haven't won. Uh, I think it was the Indians won in 1948. It's the last championship they've ever had. Uh, Cle- uh, Cleveland's ready for one. Yeah. Cleveland's I think it's the last in, in, Cleveland. In, in, yeah. 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 Um, they, they say major. Maybe there's a minor championship somewhere around there. But yeah, in those in those major sports, they certainly have not um, more than more than 50 years. Yeah, with um, with the Jazz stacked the way they're looking right now, are you more confident or less confident about their their success this season? I think they'll be Im- improved slightly. I think it's still going to be another tough year. Um, but I, I just think. That given the amount of time those guys saw, you know, Hayward, mm-hmm. Favors, Cantor, Burks, Trey Burke, uh, the amount of time those guys saw last year, they have to improve slightly. It, it'll be interesting because I do think that early on um, there were times when Richard Jefferson and Marvin Williams were very helpful, uh, be it behind the scenes or whatever, in, in eking out a couple of wins. Mm-hmm. But um, – with those guys gone, and, and I like I like Trevor Booker as an addition. I think that's he brings a, a nice bit of toughness and, and will be a good player off the bench. Um, Am I making a mistake in wanting to buy a Rodney Hood jersey? No, I'm, I'd never tell someone not to stimulate the economy. <laughs> <laughs> did you get the uh, did you find out when the Indians won? 
What's up? Did you find it, were you looking up when the Indians have won the last? Uh, Nin- uh, the Indians won the World Series in 1948. 48. Not bad. Not bad. They finally got. I don't know when Idaho, uh, Idaho State's playing or when Utah State's playing, but I know that one. So. <laughs> there you go. Well, pennies from heaven. With uh, the football season uh, warming up, uh, when's the uh, opening? When's the first game of the season? Is it this Sunday? Of which season? Uh, NFL? No. Mm. Is it two more Sundays? Yeah, we've got a little bit before the NFL gets going. So, but, uh, in terms of fantasy, you guys have already drafted teams. How are they looking? I think fantasy sports is one of those things that everyone wants to talk about and no one wants to listen to. Yeah, that's that's probably true. Who is your who is your deep sleeper? Like, um, I I fell asleep before I got there. I, you were the sleeper. I I was. Um, yeah, I'm hoping that Drew Brees does magical things yet again. That's not a, That's probably not a sleeper. Not a sleeper, yeah. but I still hope he does magical things. I my my sleepers. I went. I bought into the Travis Kelsey hype, uh, very late flyer, the Chiefs tight end, um, and I all I need is for the NFL to continue to improperly punish its criminal offenders. Yes. <laughs> and I will be absolutely set by taking Josh Gordon in the third to last round. <laughs> I took a guy that probably won't play before I, I would ever draft a kicker or a defense. I, I'm hoping that Maurice Jones-Drew refines his magic in Oakland. I hope for your sake that happens, too. Thank you. I appreciate that. With uh, oh, You're going on vacation, Falk. You're out for a, a month. Uh, yeah. What's the prep uh, during that time? You come back here. When is it ramp up full time for you with Utah Jazz? Is well, they'll they'll report to training camp on the 29th of September. Okay. And so, um, you know, I'll I'll have a couple of things in the can, and then uh, Tony Jones will be holding down the fort for a couple of weeks leading up to it, and then camp starts, and you know, we'll just go full steam full steam ahead. Awesome. Uh, how do you prepare for that? Because in, all right, you went through all this. I didn't prepare for it. Well, it that's what I'm saying. How are you? How do, I mean? Do you do you get up in the morning and uh, you know try to go find try to drive around the block, find a new bed? I mean, how do you how do you mentally prepare yourself for the upcoming NBA season, knowing that you have a month of vacation? How do you use that to get ready? Go. You go out into the wilderness, into nature. <laughs> you live off the roots. Forage, hunt small game. Reconnect with your uh, animal background. Yeah. Harness the spirit of the hawk yeah. and leopard. And then you, you just and then you and then you eat a bunch of cinnabons in an airport and yeah. you know you find the worst you know Fairfield Inn you can find near near a, an airport and uh, you know you pop a lot of drama. Maybe. Speaking of that. Speaking of that, folks, you had to cover a doubleheader of the Salt Lake Bees on Saturday and stuff like that. So, I did. So with the first game and the second game, one of the things that I always liked about covering the games is they feed you sometimes pretty well, other times not so much. Did you get two separate meals provided <laughs> to you? No, it was a, it was a single meal. Single meal that you, they, they carried over for uh, eighteen for eighteen uh, innings of baseball. Nah, fortunately, two seven inning games because this was a rain. It was not a schedule. Oh, okay, that's not too bad. Yeah. Uh, out of curiosity, what was the meal? It was a pork chop. I didn't eat the pork chop. <laughs> there was some macaroni and cheese, <laughs> some salad. Uh, I went and covered a game two we- uh, this two times ago and stuff like that. They provided steamed tilapia. 
I'm still complaining about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we t- I think we talked about that. I, I, I would bring that up again. <laughs> yeah. What, what would you prefer? You, you, do you want the simple fare? Do you just want the hot dogs and maybe uh, I want steamer and nachos? You want the chili dog in between a couple of elephant ears. <laughs> I would have been happy with south of the border pie, like uh, chili with cornbread baked right. on top of it, a, a lasagna, a beef stew, a chicken stew, uh, you know, like rip smacking food, you know? I mean... See, I always thought, you know... If you want a hot dog, you can go down to the, the concourse and pick one up for yourself, you know? But... If part of your compensa- part of your compensation is to get you know fed. I want I want something I wouldn't pass it on uh, pass at home. You know. I feel like the Jazz do a pretty good job of feeding uh, the pregame meal. I feel like theirs are pretty decent. You've been around the, the arenas. How does the Jazz uh, pregame meal stack up to others? Who's got the best? The best. <sighs> Brooklyn uh, is pretty what, good. What do they put out? What kind of spread? They had like paella or something. Oh, I love really. Paella. Something you know, and uh, Memphis. Fitting. Memphis has done pretty well. They had like a shrimp and grits thing last. Oh, that's nice. Last time, um, the worst. Who, who had it? We've talked. I've talked about this with with uh, this is this is actually probably stolen directly from Jonathan Reinhardt because he's right. The, the jazz PR genius. Um, New Orleans is the worst food to uh, what what the food provides in the city. Yeah. Ratio. I mean, it's 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 your. You get your jambalaya and your catfish. Yeah, I mean, it's and, and, and like they have. Got... I guess they like ramped up the arena food, uh-huh. like the fair around the arena too. But like, awesome food city, really bad catering in, in the arena. You got where they got, get Jimmy John's. You know, it's, it's, you know, not even that. It's, a plate you know, of Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's. You know who does Jimmy John's? The Colorado Rapids. Every time. <laughs> wow. If you ever go, to, if you ever go to Commerce City, Colorado, to watch some major league soccer. And get some Jimmy John's. Interesting. I, I will say that uh, BYU for football, uh, prepare for a meat explosion. Um, Any funeral potatoes? Uh, I don't know if they have that. They have one of the Brazilian grills, uh, or at least they did last year. So you go and you, you stick, you put your uh, little uh, stick up to green until you're, you know, about the third quarter, and then you put it down. They're like, yeah, essentially, they're like, eat as much meat as you want. Uh, but I think you can only go through once. So you got to, you know, you, you got to plan. You got to, you got to stack up accordingly. That's why in my journalism bag, I always bring a heavy plate. It's true. Because if they give you a paper plate, you're doomed. Right. It, well, It'll yeah. It'll taco on itself. It's true. It's yeah. true. Utah is hit or miss. Depends. Uh, Utah's real hit or miss for their football. Utah State might as well eat before you head up there. <laughs> so I just got just got an email from Bovada, the uh, the gambling site. Odds to win the 2015 NBA championship: Cleveland Cavaliers, five to two. Spurs getting four to one odds. Four to one. Four to one. So Cavs favorite. Um, Miami forty to one. Where are the Jazz coming in? Jazz coming in. Two hundred and fifty to one. Who else is two fifty one? Two fifty to one. Sacramento Kings, and then below them, uh, the Bucks and Seventy Sixers, both three hundred. Ooh, yikes! Oof, that hurts. That hurts a lot. I, I think to, I think we're all thinking the same thing. Dante uh, Axum fourteen to one to win the Rookie of the Year. Who's uh, the clear cut favorite? We've got Jabari Parker three to one. They actually dropped Wiggins down four to one um, with, with the trade. It's hard not to root for Wiggins. 
It's, it's, it felt odd that, you know, for the guy who was drafted number one, I know he was a key component in the trade that went with that, but uh, the big thing is you get your jerseys, and, you know, they had the pre-jersey sales that kind of welcome you to the community. I, I feel bad for Wiggins that he was kind of put out in limbo for, what, six weeks before he was able to kind of find his team and kind of make a home for himself. So I hope he goes off on that. What is it, 4-1 to one for him? Uh, yeah, 4-1. to one. That might be worth $20. I've, I've got to think he was pretty excited when LeBron signed with Cleveland. And he was like, "Woohoo! Gonna get to play with LeBron." <laughs> Not so fast, young man. Yeah. Not so fast. Hope he cries himself to sleep in the millions of dollars he will make over. Yeah, that's a good life. point. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna retract in that twenty dollar way. <laughs> <laughs> you should send me twenty bucks. <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, uh, it was a truncated show. We're gonna be doing a lot more high school football to kind of get you guys ramp uh, while we're seasons going. I'm sorry, I keep using the word ramped up. But to get you uh, more up to speed on uh, what our six divisions of football here in Utah are looking like. And uh, we will uh, bid a fond adieu to Aaron Falk for the next 30 days. But if you have any hot tips or information, reach out to him on Twitter at, at uh, Trib Jazz. Trib Jazz, T R I B J A Z Z. Uh, Kevin Winter Morris is the digital editor for the Salt Lake Tribune. If you need to get a hold of him, just go at Twitter. Is it K Winmo? At K Winmo. And uh, I'm at Benny Raskin, so you guys can correct my diction, my inability to speak properly, and some of these mis uh, facts that are written down in front of me that I can't seem to quite speak into the microphone. So for the week of uh, August 25th, 2014, uh, thank you for listening. Take care.